Good evening. I think I heard two. <laughs> Good evening. All right. It's wonderful to be here on a Sunday evening. It's always uh, wonderful to have the opportunity to, to be able to share a little bit with you of what I know, as dangerous as that may be. Um, you know, you take it for what it's worth, and I always ask, just like anyone else, uh, as teaching, you know, study for yourselves, read God's Word, but uh, hopefully I can share something with you tonight that'll help you out. I know this uh, study has helped me out. So before we get started and really get into it, um, one thing I wanted to share with you is kind of shocking. I know this is hard to believe, really shocking for you tonight, and I'm probably not going to sit here very long. I was just sitting here before, so I wouldn't get tired because I'm getting old now. Yeah, being an elder for six and a half years will do that to you quickly. Um, but the shocking news is I do not have a PowerPoint tonight. I know that's hard to believe. Those of you know know me well enough know that I usually use a lot of PowerPoint. Do not have that tonight. So I guess that means you have to listen to me a little more carefully and uh, rely on hearing me talk, so I'll try to slow down and not speak too quickly and enunciate better. So as we begin the lesson, I want you to imagine in your mind, just uh, if you can, that, um, well, let's go, back to the, let's go back to when you first became a Christian. Go back to thinking maybe even a year or two after you became a Christian, thinking about how excited you were that you had found Christ and how excited you were that you had found the gospel, you had found hope, you had found something that was so meaningful and maybe even how on fire you were. Not to say you're not on fire today, but just think about that for a minute and what that feeling felt like. Now I want you to think about someone coming along along a different group of people that were telling you your salvation's not good enough. What you have done, Jesus alone is not good enough for you. If you want to be saved, you got to do more. What does that mean? Well, maybe they say, okay, you got to follow the old law along with Jesus. you got to have both of them. That's the only way. Now, I don't know if you've done too much reading on the old law. There were a lot of rules. A lot of rules. I mean, some of them, some of them down to some such specific information of what you had to do in certain situations. Not, and not to mention, also, you have to be circumcised if you're a male. The passage we're studying tonight, and okay, before I even get into the passage, it sounds ridiculous, don't you? You know that's not true. You know that Jesus alone is the way, right? Yes, this is yes, this is no, and as always, this is I'm asleep. Yeah, you can do any of those. I will acknowledge all of them, but I might call you out if you're asleep. I won't do that. The passage we are studying tonight is Galatians 5, 25. 
I don't want you to turn there yet. Hold that for just a minute. Galatians 5.25 is what we are studying. I want us to go back a little bit further because I think context is so important when you're studying God's Word. It's so easy to pull one passage and, and focus on that one passage, and you can take all kinds of meanings out of that one passage if you're not careful. They can lead you down many different paths. So let's go back a little bit. I won't take us back to the beginning of Galatians, but we'll go back to Galatians 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6. So if you can, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Galatians 5, 1 through 6. I'm kind of liking this sitting down thing to teach. It's comfortable. I feel, I feel almost like we're having a conversation together here, even though you're not really talking to me yet. Maybe you will at some point. So maybe I'll sit here for a minute longer. Galatians 5, 1 through 6. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, tell you that if you have yourself circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who has himself circumcised that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. The book of Galatians, I, I think many of you in here have probably done a study on the book of Galatians. Um, if memory serves me right, I think our brother Jim McElroy did a study on the book of Galatians a few years ago on Wednesday night class. The book of Galatians is really a letter that Paul wrote defending Jesus and the gospel. That's what it was about. It was a strong statement to the Jews in Galatia who were trying to get the Gentiles who had been converted to Christianity to also take on the law. That's really the book of Galatians in a very condensed form. They were also questioning his apostleship too. Okay? But in, in short, that's what the book's about. And so Paul here is stating to them that the law is going to do you no good. The only way, and, and by the way, if you want to do the law, fine, but you've got to keep the entire law perfectly, and we know how that goes for humans, right? Not very good at that, are we? No, we're terrible. He said the only way is through Jesus. And, and by the way, not through, it is through Jesus, but if you read verse 5 there, it says, For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. And the word hope here, <clears throat> I think, um, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, uh, hope in, the, in biblical terms, it, it probably has a stronger meaning than we're used to in our English language. A lot of times when we use the word hope, we mean it almost in a way of, I, I hope I can get something, or I hope this will happen. When it's used here in the terms of the Bible, the word that's used behind it is much stronger. It's a promise. Hope is a seal. Hope is a, you're going to get this. So the hope of heaven, the hope that we have through Jesus is a promise. 
it's a strong statement. So, I wanted to set the stage for what we're going to talk about in Galatians 5.25. And I didn't want to skip over this whole meaning of the book of Galatians. And I didn't want to leave out what we're going to talk about here. We're going to cover a few other passages. So turn with me to Galatians 5.25. You should already, should already be in chapter 5. So let's look at verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. Anyone else have any other translations there? Any other words used? Walk in the Spirit. Anybody else? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Mm, I like that one too. Keep step with the Spirit. Okay, anybody's verse there uh, use anything other than a capital S for spirit? No. Spirit. So what are we talking about here? When we talk about the Spirit, we're talking about what we would also call the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the first question we need to ask ourselves, if we're going to understand this verse, who is the Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Fair question, right? Shouldn't we ask that? Part of the Godhead, the Trinity, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. All right, anybody else? Part of God that lives in us. Anybody else? How do we refer to the Spirit? Are there any other names used in God's Word for the Spirit? Holy Ghost, in some translations, like King James uses Holy Ghost as a translation to that. Yeah. Any other names that the Spirit has? Comforter. Yes, Jesus refers to him as the Comforter. There's another name that's also used there too in some translations. Counselor. Intercessor, because he does intercede for us. All right. So y'all, I mean, I made some notes here. You really hit all the different ones I wanted to hit. And also, one other point I want to make. Uh, how do we, if we're not going to call him the Spirit, if we use a pronoun, what should we use here? He. The Spirit is a he. Okay? It's making that clear. It's, it's in God's Word. I'm not making anything up here, but the Spirit is a he. Did you know that the Spirit appears in some 400 verses in the Bible? I didn't, really, before I studied this. 400 verses. So the Spirit must have a pretty important role and be someone that is extremely important. All right, so let's go back. Let's look at Galatians, same chapter. Let's look at verses 16 through 18. Verses 16 through 18. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, 
in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, again, context here, right? We can take the one verse that we were looking at, verse 25, but let's go back further into Galatians 5. Walk by the Spirit. So the Spirit represents everything that is good, the good things, not the desires of the flesh. And if you are led by the Spirit, Paul also makes the statement here that you are not under the law. So he's making a defense there again, stating that if you are led by the Spirit, you cannot be led by the law, cannot be under the law. All right. So a question here for him. And I think I'll get this answer easily from everyone as a yes, but I'm still going to ask a question, and then we're going to look at a few verses to back this up. Because I'm going to be honest with you, when Blake um, asked me to do this passage here, and I knew what the passage was about, I get a little nervous as an elder because this passage, Discussion sometimes can be divisive when you talk about the Spirit. Just being honest about it. It can be. It can be a divisive topic. And some of you may be going, why is it divisive? The question is, do we have the Spirit? Is the Spirit within us? That's the question. You don't have to answer out loud. You can answer to yourself. Do we have the Spirit? So what I'm going to do is I want us to look at some passages and answer that question using God's Word. Because I think that's what we should do, right? I can, I can sit here and tell you what I think, but I'm going to tell you what God thinks. It's very easy to do, and it's the right thing to do. So turn with me. You all know this passage, but we're going to turn there anyway. Acts 2.38. If you don't know this passage, I don't know, but... Uh, Everyone probably knows this passage pretty well. Acts 2.38 Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There you go. Acts 5.32 Turn with me to Acts 5.32 And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Romans 8. Turn with me to Romans 8. And we're going to look at verses 14 through 17. The question again is, do we have the Spirit? is the Spirit in us. Romans 8, 14-17 For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. And the last passage I want us to look at, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. And if you notice here, I'm not making any comments about these passages. I want you to read these passages and see what you see there. First Corinthians 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? So I ask the question again. Do we have the Spirit within us? And how do we know that we have the Spirit? Well, how do we, first of all, how do we receive the Spirit? Acts 2.38, right? You go back to that. When we obey the Gospel, we receive the Spirit. God gives us the Spirit. All right? Anybody else? How do we... I'll leave that there. How do we know if we are being led by the Spirit? I don't have to answer the question. I just want you to think about that one. Blake likes to call it, put it in your own box, right? Thinking on that one. How do we know if we are being led by the Spirit? All right. Back to Galatians. Paul tells us. as he He's writing because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Okay. And before I get into this, go back, let's, let's talk for just a second again about the Holy Spirit. Can we see the Spirit? Can we see Him? We can't physically see the Spirit, can we? Invisible. Just talking about the characteristics of the Spirit a little bit. Can't touch the Spirit. Can't taste the Spirit. Can't use any of our senses, really, to see or to observe the Spirit of God. We can't. It's not possible. But we believe in the Spirit, don't we? Yeah. I'm hoping at some point in... I, at some point, I hope we can do a deeper study into the Spirit. I think that would be good for us. It would be good for me. It's, it's not something we talk a lot about um, for different reasons. I think sometimes we're afraid of talking about the Spirit because we don't want to be tied in with charismatic 
movement, our churches and denominations, that type of thing. So I think we tend to shy away from talking too much about the Spirit, but there's so much to learn about the Spirit and God's Word. If the Spirit is part of the Godhead, we should understand the Spirit. We should know the Spirit. We should know how the Spirit works within our own lives and even in the world. That's important. All right. So let's answer the question, how do we know if we are being led by the Spirit? Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Just a little, uh, I guess a little upfront info here. This is how we know that you're not being led by the Spirit before we read this. But I wanted us to read this first. 19 through 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a mouthful. None of those things are from the Spirit or are being led by the Spirit or of the Spirit because we know the Spirit is God and that God has nothing to do with those things. They're sinful. So Paul does a good job here of laying out in verses 19 through 21 of saying, okay, if you got any of these things here going on, any of these things, you're not being led by the Spirit. I'm telling you. How do we know that? Because right after verses 19 through 21, he tells us how we know if we're being led by the Spirit. Verses 22 through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So how do you know if you're being led by the Spirit? You produce the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. I think it's interesting if you go back and look at this passage. You know, we're really... And I, I sing the, we sing the song with the kids at Bible camp and at VBS about the fruits of the Spirit. And we learn the fruits of the Spirit. But to really go back and look at the context in which Paul wrote why it's important to follow the, the fruits of the Spirit here is it's important to see. Because what he's doing here is he's defending those who are trying to say, you, can follow, you need to follow this too. And he's saying, no, you follow Jesus. You be led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, then you're doing everything right. All right, so... What are the fruits of the Spirit again? We've been studying them. We should know them. At least half of them at this point. I think we're, we've done five of them so far. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. Originally, I think this, my lesson was supposed to be at the end, kind of wrapping this up. But I think this is great that I'm in the middle of this because what it does allows us to kind of focus for a minute away from exactly on the fruits of the Spirit to why we're even studying the fruits of the Spirit, why they're important here. The fruits of the Spirit are what show that we are of Christ. That's how people know. So, 
if you go out into the world and you're doing these other things, which he just listed in verses 19 through 21, if I can say that, you're not being led by the Spirit. And the world can see that. They can see your fruits. And even within his own church, not just here at Rainbow, but the body of Christ, when those of us who are not exemplifying the fruits of the Spirit and we're showing these other things, we're not being led by the Spirit. We're being led by other things. I always like to, when I look at the fruits of the Spirit, I think it's really interesting. I don't think it was unintentional here. I don't think he just randomly wrote down the fruits of the Spirit here. Uh, obviously, he was, he was led by the Spirit. But what's the first fruit? Love. I think love always comes first. Love should lead us. And what's the last one he lists? Self-control, yeah. It's kind of that bookend, right, of love and self-control. If we have love and we have self-control, we can handle all the things in between. They'll all, they'll all happen. Now, my challenge to you today as we wrap up, I want you to strive to be led by the Spirit. Are you always going to get it right? No. That's why we're not under the law. If we want to follow the law, then get your sacrifices ready. Yeah, go out and get some goats, or sheep, or whatever you need, birds, whatever you can afford. We need to be led by the Spirit. We, we also must understand that the Spirit doesn't make us do anything. Okay? The Spirit of God will not make us do something. The Spirit of God will lead us to do things. Uh, anybody in here ever pray for wisdom or that P word? Yeah, patience. Whew. I don't like praying for that one. It's a, that's a hard one. Even wisdom's a hard one to pray for because, you know, I usually say, I've, I've always heard the saying, be careful what you pray for. You might just get it. Also, God's going to give you opportunities. But also here, the Spirit, the Spirit does provide us with guidance. If we're being led by the Spirit, if we're trying to walk with the Spirit, in step with the Spirit, yeah, not going to make us do anything, but He will sure help us. All right, I want to close us out with one passage. I don't want to go longer than everybody else because then y'all be mad at me because I'm the one that went the full time. <sighs> yeah. All right, Galatians 6. We're going to turn to the next chapter because guess what? Paul doesn't finish talking about the Spirit in Galatians 5. He talks about the Spirit even more in Galatians chapter 6. Verses 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. We love to use that verse, don't we? That's a good one. And it's accurate. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from... Wait a minute. Did I read that right? So we'll reap eternal life from the Spirit. Interesting. 
That's a whole other study. Let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So, back to Galatians 5, 25. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. I hope that each and every one of you strives to live by the Spirit. Take in what we're getting from these fruits of the Spirit studies because they're going to help us to understand the fruits better, to understand the Spirit better, so that we can walk with the Spirit.